All right, so we've talked returners. We've talked newcomers from the transfer portal. But today, let's talk about those true freshmen. Top five true freshmen who will have impact for Tennessee football this upcoming season. That and a whole lot more here on your Wednesday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into it. This is your Wednesday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here, making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. Shout out to everydayers for coming back again. Subscribing to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel, following us and subscribing. Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, literally Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Can't thank you enough. Got a fun show coming up today. We're going to go over the freshmen who I believe will have the biggest impacts for Tennessee here in this upcoming football season. We did this a couple weeks ago with the transfers, but today I want to talk freshmen. In segment two, Grant Ramey, my colleague over VolQuest.com, is going to join to uh, break down some of um, or, or Toby Awaka, his performance in the FIBA World Cup for the under-19 team. A really, really good showing for the Tennessee rising sophomore Grant Ramey will be on to break that down. And then in segment three, we're going to break down some explosive plays in this Tennessee offense. That and a whole lot more is what you had to look forward to here on today's show. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, again, I've done this with the transfers coming in, but let's talk about true freshmen. And this list is going to be a little bit minimal, right? Because you are a true freshman. There is a freshman. Uh, there is going to be an adjustment period. Uh, not only with the speed of the game, but uh, you're, you're 18, 19 years old, sometimes 17 years old, going up against grown men who are 22-year-olds, uh, sometimes 23-year-olds in the rare cases, you know, fifth-year COVID seniors. It's an adjustment. That's why you don't see a whole lot. I mean, you see it every year, don't get me wrong, but the majority of your starters are not made up of freshmen. That's just kind of, you know, you are the exception, not the rule, Right. Um, and, and I do think that there will be some role players for Tennessee in terms of true freshmen this year, but I don't see a superstar as a freshman this year. But still, there's going to be a lot of guys who do play, and we're going to go ahead and begin this countdown with number five. Number five, um, in terms of the guy I'm going to put here, could really go a number of different ways because I don't think this guy is going to have a huge role, but I do think that when we're talking secondary, it returns so many different players. But you got to have some players pushing those guys, pushing those veterans. That's how I believe you're going to take a step as a unit, as a defensive unit. And so at number five, give me Ricky Gibson. All right, cornerback, Tennessee held off Georgia, Tennessee held off Arkansas uh, for the class of 2023, you know, commit and, and Ricky Gibson. And he's a guy that kind of turns some, some heads a little bit, raised some eyebrows over the course of spring practice. You know, we were asking about Jordan Matthews and some of these guys. We kept hearing Ricky Gibson. Jordan Matthews was... Uh, you know, in terms of a, a prospect, he was rated higher than than that of John Slaughter at safety or Ricky Gibson at cornerback or, or Christian Conner at cornerback. And I still think the future's bright, don't get me wrong, but we heard a lot more about Ricky Gibson and how he was adapting and playing you know, quickly and, and kind of uh, making a name for himself at spring practice. So I don't think Ricky Gibson will start a game at cornerback. Um, maybe he won't play any more than just, you know, here or there in a blowout, but if I had to pick somebody from the secondary, I'll pick Ricky Gibson. And mind you, a whole lot of these freshmen will be big contributors on special teams. Ricky Gibson will play uh, just about every special team, I would imagine. But number five, I'll go Ricky Gibson. Number four, give me Cam Seldon. And I say this at number four because I'm sure 
Tennessee would like to get the ball in his hands, but he is a true freshman. Look at the uh, look at the room ahead of him, right? Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson. They're going to be focal points in Tennessee's offense. They're going to carry the football. They're going to catch the football out of the backfield, and they are further along, obviously, as college athletes, but also as um, uh, as uh, in this offense as well. And so will we see package plays for Cam Seldon, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, be used in the slot a little bit? He's a bigger running back, but can play receiver. I don't know. We'll have to see how much can he handle as a true freshman. I do believe here and there we might see him go in there and you know get the football in his hands. I don't expect a massive role for Cam Seldon as a true freshman, uh, but we'll see. That's why he's at number four for me right there. Number three, give me Devin Hobbs. All right, he was a guy that had some early interest with some schools, but his recruitment really shot up late, and Tennessee was late to the party. And for the longest times, I thought that he was kind of back when I used to cover recruiting a little bit more than I do now, and I would call these prospects. I would call and ask about Tennessee and everything, and it's almost like he was holding this against Tennessee because they were so late to the party. Um, however, you know, ultimately it, it, it didn't matter because he chose Tennessee. He chose Tennessee over some of these other SEC foes, and, and he was a five-star prospect. He was a top 30 prospect according to the On3 rankings, and he's going to come to Tennessee. And why I have him at number three is because he's versatile on the defensive line. Don't get me wrong. He's a little bit leaner right now, needs to put on some more weight. But that defensive line group is a rotational group. You play a whole lot of guys. And though I think he can play the five technique and he can line up in different spots, I believe his future, in my opinion, is on the interior. And right now there's only four guys there. Now, again, I'm not saying he's going to get 20 snaps a game, but can he be a rotational piece in that Rodney Garner a group of 10 to 12? I think he can. And so that's why I have Devin Hobbs, David Hobbs there at number three. Number two, give me Caleb Herring. True freshman, younger brother of Tennessee linebacker Elijah Herring. Um, he was he was shut down in the spring due to some knee soreness. Believe he's believe he's all right and he's back and doing everything else and the knee's feeling good and that's that's good, right? But he's come in, he's put on a ton of weight. He was skinnier in a rail when he got to Tennessee. He's put on, you know, twenty to twenty-five pounds, I believe, maybe even thirty pounds of muscle, and he has already transitioned and acclimated to the college game very quickly. It also helps when your brother, I would assume your roommate, <laughs> is Elijah Herring and he can kind of show you the ropes and you know take you to the weight room and take you to the to the cafeteria or the the student cafeteria, whatever the case is. And he's got somebody there to show him the ropes. But also he's long, he's explosive, and Tennessee plays a lot of Leos. Uh you've got Roman Harrison who will be the starting Leo this year. He'll play 40 to 45 snaps a game. He played 40 to 45 snaps a game last year when Byron Young was here. Can James Pierce take a step? You like to think that that's going to happen this year. Joshua Joseph's obviously got some run last year. Will he take another step? And then there's Caleb Herring. But in pass rushing situations, much like the defensive line, Tennessee will employ a couple of different Leos out there to get after the quarterback. And I think Caleb Herring, if healthy, um, if fully you know, back to healthy and he continues to acclimate and everything and make some ways of practice, I think Caleb Herring can see the field quite a bit. So Caleb Herring would be... Number two on my list of true freshmen who could see the field. And number one, impact. Impact's what I'm looking for. Number one impact freshman in 2023, I believe, for Tennessee, will be linebacker Arian Carter. Arian Carter came in. He was a late add to this class, and he was a really, really big recruiting win. Tennessee won out over Alabama. And in spring practice, I was out there, and boy, he was fluid. Um, he looked cleaner with his steps. 
you know, look cleaner playing outside the box than some of these other linebackers who have been here a couple of years. I'm not going to lie to you. He has a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. Got a long way to go. But I think Aaron Carter is going to be a stud. And I do believe this year Tennessee's linebackers are deeper than they've ever been. I think this year you can see Tennessee playing about five or six linebackers in that rotation. Aaron Beasley, Keenan Peely, those will be your first two. Um, Elijah Herring, maybe Caleb Perry, maybe those are your next two. I think Arian Carter, Jeremiah Tlander also could see, um, you know, sees the. See the oh, let me try that again. Could also see some playing time. And, you know, Pat Garland, where is he in his recovery? Of course, he's been out for a long time. First game of the season against Ball State, he got injured. If not for that injury, Pat Garland would have seen some playing time last year as well. So I think Arian Carter is going to see the field. He'll play special teams. He'll play a couple snaps at linebacker every game. But I think in terms of impact freshmen for 2023, those are my guys I'm looking at. Number five, Ricky Gibson. At number five, could have went a number of different ways. You could have went... Jordan Matthews could have won Jeremiah T. Lander, in my opinion. Could have won a number of different ways. I won't go a receiver like Nathan Leacock there right now because, you know, Tennessee plays three receivers and they've got four guys they got to find snaps for. Uh, number four, Cam Selden. Number three, Devin Hobbs. Number two, Caleb Herring. And number one, Arian Carter. Those are my list of top five impactful freshmen for Tennessee in 2023. What are your top five? Notice the most, uh, you know, headline. A freshman in this class, number one player in the country, Nico Iamaliava. The quarterback's not on this list because this is under the assumption that Joe Milton's your quarterback, and or he's going to be your quarterback, but Joe Milton's getting the job done and Tennessee's winning games. If that's the case, Nico won't see the field outside of mop-up duty or whatever that case may be. So those are my top five Tennessee impactful freshmen. What say you? What is your top five? Would love to hear it right here on Locked On Balls. Hey, when we come back, had a chance to catch up with my buddy Grant Ramey over at VolQuest.com. Uh, he we recorded an interview yesterday, and so if the terminology says today or whatever, just remember I recorded it yesterday. And uh, that's coming up next. He's talking about Toby Awaka and his FIBA World Cup performance. Does a great job there, does Grant Ramey. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, his video is a little blurry a little bit. Just kind of bear with me, but overall you can hear what he's saying. But he brings a lot of good stuff on Tennessee's Toby Awaka. That is coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. But hey, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook and Major League Baseball. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets that's up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. That's win or lose. Not bad, right? That's $200 you can spend betting from anywhere from the money line to run line to over under. That's the total to who you think is going to hit the first home run, the first hit in the game, the first double, the first strikeout. Prop bets are endless over at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's all on a safe and secure app that's super easy to use where... You get your winnings paid instantly. No more waiting around till the end of the month or just by monthly. You get them instantly after you win your bet. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than over to FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Hey guys, welcome back to your 4th of July edition of Locked on Vols. And keeping with the theme of USA, let's talk Toby Awaka. His performance in the FIBA World Cup for Team USA's under-19 team. And to do that, I've got my buddy of VolQuest.com, Grant Ramey, on to, uh, to to give us some details on that performance. Grant, it was really, really good over the course of a couple of games. Toby Awaka, 
uh, looked like he was really coming into his own on a, a pretty big stage. A very big stage. And, and for Tobey, just to make that team, uh, not only just to get the invite to go to Colorado and, and him and Freddie DeLeon be two Tennessee players to get that invite and be part of that 35, whatever it was, trying to make a 12-man roster, 35-player pool. So uh, they both made it to the round of 14 in terms of the cuts, and then Freddie got cut and Tobey made the, made the roster. And not only did he make the team, but he goes over there and uh, overseas and plays seven games and averages uh, a double-double, 11 points, 10.6 rebounds. Uh, plays pretty consistently throughout, um, just about double-digit rebounds in every game, I believe, except for one. So uh, for him not only to, to make the team, uh, but to play as well as he did and as productively as he did, he also only averaged 20.7 minutes per game. I think I looked it up. There were like 23. The top 23 rebounders played more than he did, and he led all of them in rebounding. So not only did he lead the uh, tournament in rebounding in those seven games, but he did so playing the least amount of minutes is just about all those guys towards the top of the list. So uh, pretty, pretty impressive stuff from a kid who was, you know, relatively unknown the time of year ago when Tennessee's recruiting him and signing him and offering him and all that stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and of course, he played a he played a role for Tennessee, but you know, acknowledging that there's a long way to go in his development, still young and everything. But what type of you know what could this do for him moving forward for Tennessee? The way he's projected in that rotation for next season, for his confidence, his development, all that type of stuff. How big of an impact can this experience have on him moving forward? Do you think? I think it's big. I think when you wear that Team USA jersey and you move that roster and you just to, just to play on, the, like, I don't know what Madagascar's U19 talent in terms of basketball is. It could be nothing. It could be like they're playing Eric Kane out there. But the fact that you go over there and do it and produce and you're not just a guy that's on the roster. Like that tournament did not go the way Team USA won and they lost to France in the semifinal and they lost to Turkey in the third place game. So that that's not a great outcome for them. But for Toby to go over there and not just be a guy that sits on the end of the bench, but a guy who plays. And even though he gets pretty limited minutes as a whole, he's really, really productive. I think that's huge because it's great to be on a college campus and in a college weight room. Uh, and going through the off-season stuff that all these guys go through and, and their work at Trap Pavilion like they do. But it's another thing to fly overseas with this amount of talent around you and to, to be a big piece of that puzzle and to kind of pull your weight and to be an impressive guy, a guy that turned heads in Colorado when he was making the roster and a guy that continued to turn heads when he got overseas on the course. I think it's huge for his development moving forward. First of all, I'm a hard guy or a glue guy, or a scrapper, whatever term you want to use, all right? What about what about the basketball IQ? No basketball IQ? I, yeah, I'm the smartest guy. That really was me in football. I was a smart. I knew where everybody was supposed to be every single play, and so I would tell everybody around me what to do. That is how you get on the field. Um, hey, Tennessee Tennessee basketball overall, Um, you know, a lot of new, you know, at least for Toby Walker. Let me, let me stay on him for a moment. Toby Walker. What do you see as his projection in that, you know, that lineup next year, that rotation? You bring in Chris Ledlam. Of course, you say goodbye to Uro. You say goodbye to Olivier Kumwa. You got Jonas Adu as well. What, what what should we expect from Toby Awaka? Of course, long way to go. You'll have preseason camp and all that type of stuff. But what should we expect for him as a sophomore? I think a big step forward. Uh, I didn't expect anything from him as a freshman. So for him to get on the floor as much as he did, he didn't average a ton because he didn't play a ton. But when he got on the floor, it looked like when he got the ball, he knew what he wanted to do with it. He wasn't overwhelmed by the moment or, or overwhelmed by the competition or the stage that he was on. It felt like he was always pretty comfortable and a guy that you put him out there, he's going to chase rebounds. Uh, he's going to know how to get the ball up on the rim at least when you get it down in the post to him. No, he's got some offensive game to him and that's going to continue to develop. But Tennessee really needs consistency 
in the post. And they're going to need that from Jonas Adu. They're going to need that from Chris Lowe. That's why they brought him in from Harvard. They're going to need that from Tobey Walker. It feels like those are the three forwards that they're going to have to lean on the most as true big men in the paint. JPS draws a, a you know, 6'11", 240, whatever they got him listed at. But I don't think they're going to use him a ton this season. At least I think that's the plan is to not have to use him a ton. I think that's because they want to rely on Jonas. They want to rely on Tobey. And they brought Chris Ludham in to be a guy that they can rely on down there as well. Every single year, it's almost like a brand new team, right? That's what the transfer yes. portal has given you know college athletics. You got to retain your players, re-recruit your players, then of course add to it. So with that being said, a lot of new faces. We've mentioned a couple of them: Josiah Jordan James coming back, Santiago Vespi coming back, Zakai Ziegler working himself back from injury. Added in with all the guys coming back, and of course the new guys. It's a big summer for Tennessee playing abroad, playing some exhibitions, and it'll be a big opportunity for them to try to get that chemistry worked out. It is huge, and the idea is like every offseason is like six new guys. You're overturning, you're overhauling like half your roster. And yes, it's it's July now, and it's a long ways from anything meaningful happening. But you know the the kind of the returns, early returns, I guess so far on this new look bunch is they really like Chris Ludlam. They really like Dalton Connect, but he can bring to them as a slasher, as a guy that can play on the wing. One of those big guys. They really like Jordan Ganey with the the shot, the shot making ability that he brings this team. Or, they've seen so far early in for workouts so there's going to be a ton of depth on this team it feels like there's going to be a ton of different options and varieties that they can go with when you get Santi and Josiah Jordan James coming back for their fifth years uh and yeah they, they do go to Italy in August and they're going to have three exhibition games there so that'll be interesting to see what kind of the early rotations look like and what they look like without Sakai as he continues to come back from the, that ACL and then you look at November schedule I mean they go to Wisconsin early in November in North Carolina later in November. They go to Maui. I think there's like ESPN's way too early top 25. There's eight teams in Maui. I think five of them are in the top 10 of that ESPN ranking. So that field is beyond loaded. So uh, they're going to be tested a ton early on. And it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how all these pieces fit together. You know, I spoke, uh, the last thing here, since it's July 4th, kind of spoke on firework moments for Tennessee Athletics this last academic year. Had a story about that at VolQuest.com coming out today as well. You also wrote a story, but yours is interesting. Give us a little teaser for what you got over at VolQuest.com today about explosiveness, fireworks, 4th of July in Tennessee football. I spent my July 4th evening going back and looking through box scores at every touchdown of 40 plus yards during the Josh Heupel era, which is obviously just two seasons, but spoiler alert, there's a lot of them. Uh, there's a lot of Jalen Hyde on the list. There's a lot of Cedric Tillman on the list. There's a lot of um, Vanderbilt last November on the list when Tennessee was, it felt like scoring at an 85 yarder every time they touched the ball. So uh, a lot of fun to go back and dig that up because this offense is one thing to watch it and see it live and it's in front of you and happening. And appreciate it then but to go back and just look at the gaudy numbers they put up it's it's, it's uh explosive it is certainly the work all right guys welcome back to your wednesday edition of locked on balls appreciate you guys being here today we talked impactful freshmen in segment one i gave you my top five would love to hear who you believe are going to be the freshmen the top five that'll make an impact for tennessee this fall on the gridiron segment two grant ramey talked a little uh, toby awaka and uh, some good stuff there. And continuing on with this Grant Ramey theme, if you will, yesterday on the site, we kind of teased it there in segment two, he put out a really interesting article talking about explosive plays in this offense under Josh Heupel. And in two seasons, you will be so surprised at how many touchdowns were scored at 40 yards or more. He's got it all at VolQuest.com. I encourage you to go check it out. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nitpick some of the highlights here 
and we're going to discuss because it truly is amazing. Uh, one of the trademarks of Josh Heupel's offense, of course, is explosive plays, explosive plays. I remember in 2021 or in 2020, excuse me, the last year under Jeremy Pruitt's, uh, you know, here at Tennessee, I want to say Tennessee scored or Tennessee tallied only like three or four offensive plays of 20 yards or more, which is just just not good, right? I have to go back and double check that, but it was some just absurd number, a small amount of number of plays over 20 yards or more. And we're talking about touchdowns scored of 40 yards or more. How many exactly? Well, Grant's in his diggings and digging through box scores and everything, in 26 games as Tennessee's head coach, Tennessee's offense has scored 31 touchdowns of 40 yards or more. 31 touchdowns of 40 yards or more, okay? There were two other touchdowns on special teams and two other touchdowns on uh, on defense. So 35 total touchdowns coming of 40 yards or more. Two pick sixes, and two special teams touchdowns. One of which was D. I remember off the top of my head. I remember the. I remember the uh, special team scores. You had D. Williams who had a punt return uh, for a touchdown at Vanderbilt, and you had Valus Jones who I believe had a punt return for a touchdown and got close for a kick return. But I believe he he took a he took a punt return for a touchdown back in 2021 against South Alabama, and that was neat because I remember he's a mobile kid who went to Southern Cal and finished his career at Tennessee. Played South Alabama in the month of November. I guess that had to be homecoming. And he had himself a game. But anyway, 35 total touchdowns of 40 yards or more. It's pretty impressive. According to Grant in the, in the story over at On3 at VolQuest.com. Let's see here. Um, six of the 35 touchdowns covering 40 yards or more were run plays. While 25... <laughs> were pass plays. Jalen Hyatt accounted for eight of those said touchdowns. Cedric Tillman accounted for five of those touchdowns. Uh, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad whatsoever. Grant goes on to list that. Um, let's see here. Tennessee has scored 24 touchdowns covering 50 or more yards, 14 touchdowns covering 60 or more yards, nine touchdowns of 70 or more yards, and four touchdowns in two years of 80 or more yards, one of which was a 90-plus yarder. It's pretty incredible when you sit here and think about that. Um, trademark, again, of Josh Heupel's fast tempo and all that, but explosive plays. Creating opportunity, wearing out the defense. When you're tired, you're going fast. Not only are you physically tired, but you're mentally exhausted. You don't pass off responsibilities defensively and, and communicate the way or have time to communicate. That's why you see Tennessee having so much success in the first quarter of games. And in 2021, Tennessee had success in the third quarter of games. And so, you know, that that's really, really interesting. And you, these numbers kind of back it up with these explosive plays. So Grant lists every single touchdown, every single touchdown of 40 yards or more. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. I'm not going to go through all of these, obviously, but it starts with a 96-yard punt return. It was a kickoff, excuse me. He returned a kickoff for 96 yards for a house call. He was close to returning a punt return. But anyway, it starts with Vegas Jones's Vegas Jones 96-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against South Alabama in 2021. It goes all the way down to the 40-yarder, which is the lowest on the scale because we're talking about plays of 40 yards or more. 
And it goes all the way down to Cedric Tillman's 40-yard touchdown catch from Joe Milton III against Bowling Green in 2021. That was a season opener for Josh Heupel. That's when Joe Milton was your starting quarterback before Hinton Hooker came over and uh, before Hinton Hooker came over and took over a starting quarterback. And that was the first touchdown of 40 yards or more. Um, in game number one, it's kind of fitting here, but it's really, really interesting here. Princeton fans on here for a 41 yarder. Uh, that was, uh, against, uh, South Carolina this past season, Jimmy Callaway. He's no longer on the team. He's here for a 44 yarder. That was in the Pittsburgh game. If I do remember correctly, Tyon Evans is on here a couple of times. He had a 45 yarder against South Carolina in 2021. He also, if you remember correctly, had a 92 yard touchdown run against Missouri and the best offensive showing in Tennessee school history. Uh, of course, you and me were out there playing linebacker and defensive tackle for that Missouri's defense that year, that that game at least. Uh, but Don Evans is on here a couple of times. Jalen Wright's on here a couple of times. Javante Payton's on here. Remember, just I'm sure these plays are listed on here, but I remember specifically to begin the Kentucky game in 2021. Like Tennessee scored two plays of you know forty or fifty plus yards uh, touchdowns on the first two offensive possessions. They threw one out to Javante Payton. They threw a screen out to Valus Jones, and both of those were house calls on that first play. So really interesting to sit here and kind of look at. Squirrel White's on here a couple of times, sixty-four yards. Shaylen Hyatt is all over this thing. And Javante Payton, if you remember, he was. I'm going to throw it to you deep in the first quarter on the first few drives, and then I'm not going to see you the rest of the game. So Javante Payton is kind of all over this as well. Um, Theo Jackson makes an appearance, and again, this is overall, there's 35 touchdowns of 40 yards or more. Theo Jackson is accounting for one of those scores, but of course it was on defense. Uh, He opened the scoring up against Vanderbilt in 2021 with an interception that was returned 55 yards for a score. Tennessee won 45-21 to finish that regular season game. Uh, finished that regular season with a 7-5 and five record in Josh Hopple's first year. I remember uh, Solon Page had an interception return for a touchdown. Um, that was against Tennessee Tech in 2021, but I don't believe that was 40 yards. So that probably does not register on this list that we're talking about right now. So nonetheless, pretty pretty incredible stuff, and, and Grant's... Good, good grief, bless him, right? He he goes all the way back, checks all the box scores from each of the last two years. I know it's only two years, but he tracks it. Again, I'm going to say this again. Uh, 35 total plays, of four, touchdown plays, of 40 or more yards. 31 on the offensive end, okay? And then Tennessee scored 24 touchdowns that span 50 yards. 14 touchdowns that span 60 yards. 9 touchdowns that span 70 yards. 4 touchdowns that span 80 yards. And 1 of 90 yards. Not bad at all, and um, again, uh, Grant kind of teased it in that, that little interview we did, that little hit we did uh, in segment number two, so I thought I'd dive into it and kind of bring out some of those highlights, but you can go check out the full story, all the notes, every single touchdown, every single explosive play touchdown of 40 yards or more over at VolQuest.com, hoping that uh, we continue to see more of that in 2023, and I don't think it's going to slow down whatsoever with Joe Milton, who can throw it out of... Uh, throw it 80 plus yards down the football field. And of course, you got Ramel Keaton, who those two have great chemistry. You've got Brew McCoy, who is my candidate to be the breakout star for Tennessee in terms of the receiver position. Dante Thornton, who's long, explosive, fast coming out of the slot. And of course, you got Squirrel Wide as well. So I would expect that trend to continue on in 2023. So 
Great stuff there from Grant Ramey, really this entire show. I'm just riding his curtail here on a Wednesday lockdown balls. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll get into some more previewing of the 2023 season. We'll do more top fives. I think that's really, really fun. But let me know your top five freshmen for the 2023 season. Which one of those freshmen will have the most impact for Tennessee's football season? I gave you mine. I want to hear yours at underscore Kaner and at Lockdown Vols. Guys, I appreciate it as always. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Vols. Subscribe to Lockdown Vols on the YouTube channel wherever you get your podcasts. And everydayers, we'll see you back here tomorrow. This is Lockdown Vols.